Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back. Our number two of Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Thank you for spending a little bit of your Sunday morning with me. Greatly appreciated here on WBEN. Continuing to get reaction out of Albany to the week's news, let's bring on the uh, Assemblyman, Angelo Morinello. Assemblyman, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Let me ask, uh, first off, your reaction to the governor's uh, announcement of his resignation uh, earlier this week. Um. I was a little bit shocked at the point it came. I would have thought it might have lasted a little longer, but now it makes me suspicious as to whether somebody uh, leaked the findings or the investigation on the uh, judiciary and um, some kind of a backdoor deal was made to stop the investigation in exchange for not revealing what what occurred there um, and walk away. I am absolutely uh, mortified at how this is playing out um, as a disservice to the people of the state of New York. Yeah, we we learned um, a few days ago that the investigation, the impeachment investigation will be, quote, suspended and that those findings will not be made public um, to the residents of New York State. So do you have any hope that that investigation will be uh, started back up or is this going to be pretty much the end of looking into all these uh, all the three you know major claims against the governor? Well, I think that the citizens of New York are not going to stand for another secret uh, proceeding. Um, I'm going to look back to if you recall the Moreland Commission. Um, And that was the governor had started this commission to investigate um, whether there were criminal acts or illegal acts or unethical acts. And as soon as uh, at least what the reports were, it seemed to focus on the governor and his office. He shut it down. Um, This is another example of shutting it down. Now, remember, millions of dollars of taxpayers have been paid out for this investigation. The families of over 15,000 individuals who died because of the nursing home situation, they will not get the answers they were hoping for. The $5.1 million book deal, and from what I read, that money was put in a trust for the children, which 
may not, you may not be able to pierce the veil of that trust um, is out there. The uh, suspicion on the cover-up for the bolts for the Tappan Sea Bridge is out there. There were other issues being investigated to, to, to deny the people of the state of New York the results of that investigation after millions of dollars were spent is absolutely horrific. The other thing I find, Joe, that's pretty um, disconcerting is the fact that they had this firm that they touted out of New York City that was one of the top firms to do this, even though we know there were potentially conflicts with the chief judge, uh, the governor's hand-pointed uh, chief judge, um, you know, the, the messages come out, well, this may not be legal to go forward. It may not be constitutional. What do you mean it may not be? When you've spent millions of dollars and when you have the experts, okay, plus you go through with it. Now, if they had ruled for impeachment, that didn't mean that the articles of impeachment would come out or that there would be a, a finding at a trial. But by reporting the, the uh, uh, out, and suggesting articles of impeachment, at least there would have been openness. There would have been transparency, and the people of the state of New York could have seen how deep it was. Additionally, the report would have indicated whether or not there were other members of the administration, other state employees paid with taxpayer dollars that were part of the, the, the entire process that either should be investigated they should either be uh, prosecuted or at least charged and their pensions uh, be suspended. What this did was it just pushes something else under the carpet, which has been the history of the leadership of the state of New York forever. You protect. You don't worry about the people. You don't worry about the money. You just protect those that seem to have some power. So. Um, I know it's a long answer to a short question, but I am just appalled at the disservice that was given to the people of the state of New York after using their tax dollars. It's just a massive cover-up again. So we know that that impeachment investigation suspended um, following the AG report and the governor uh, resigning. What about any investigation into the nursing home uh, situation with COVID and the $5 million book deal? Will the assembly still be looking into those things? This shuts it down. That's what that investigation was all about. That's what the uh, process was. Now I'm wondering whether the... uh, Referral to the judiciary was just a stall tactic until they could put all their ducks in a row and put all of their backdoor deals together. That, that's the suspicion I have based upon uh, my viewing of the uh, processes in uh, state government over the time that I have been a representative. Could there be a push from Assembly Republicans to get another investigation going? Well, there, there, that would not... that. There is a push. Let me just put it this way. There's a push to reveal and allow that to come out. The difficulty is the majority is the one, are the ones and the leadership of the majority are the ones that will make that decision. And it appears like there's no appetite. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, uh, an attorney. I, I'm a judge. When there was a trial, you were able to poll the jurors as to whether or not 
a either guilty or not guilty verdict was given, more particularly if a guilty verdict was given, as to whether that, in fact, was their decision or if they were cajoled into voting one way or the other. Well, I think the members of the judiciary should be polled as to their feelings. I think the press should push them. I think each and every one of them should be made accountable for the spending of the taxpayer dollars for their participation. And I want to tell you, the members of that committee, and I know almost every one of them on a personal note, I've worked with them, are honorable, forthright, and had a proper focus. But by going into executive session, they're sworn to secrecy, so they cannot even come out. And for the leader of the majority to say that, well, they'll be open to those in investigations, it doesn't resolve the issue with the people. And, you know, did in fact staffers on taxpayer time help with that book? I mean, it seemed like the book was the, the, the processes of COVID and the shutdowns seemed to want to m- mimic what was going to be put in that book. So it's almost like here's the result we want because we're going to go make $5.1 million on this. So let's put the policies in place to support what we want to say in our book. Um, It's just there's so many questions. And I urge the citizens of the state of New York to not let up. I urge the citizens of the state of New York to demand under threat of during next re-election to come out with the results. We deserve to know what's in that report. I'll tell you, Assemblyman, that is news to me. I didn't realize that suspending the investigation was shutting down looking into all three of uh, those issues with Governor Cuomo. Um, Let me ask you, you and I try to stay moderate on this show, but let me ask you this, because this is reminding me a lot of uh, back in March. You had colleagues on the other side of the aisle calling for the governor to resign um, over the accusations before the AG released their report. Uh, And then a week after that, you saw members of the Democrat Party with with the governor. And this seems like it's that all over again. You know, they were calling for this investigation to go on. You had Democrats on in the media, on news programs saying, you know, we still want to continue this investigation. We want to get the answers. And then we get the suspension on uh, uh, earlier this week. It just it reminds me a lot of what we saw in March. Well, let me put it this way. Let people make their own decisions and come to their own conclusions on what may have happened behind the scenes to resolve this issue. Um, you know, and they said, and, and let's, the, the only report out is the one on the sexual harassment. And that in of itself, the responses to that from uh, the governor's office are absolutely also disheartening. I'm a retired judge. I was domestic violence judge for 10 years. Domestic violence and sexual harassment, they're in the same uh, category. Okay? It's, it's a, a direct act against someone. And that in of itself, just ending it there, um, and then the, the lukewarm attempts to apologize or justify. You know, we, we have an administration at the top that pushed for the Me Too movement, that pushed for legislation. In 2019, we passed legislation, and that legislation protected victims victims that could be subject to sexual harassment. So even if you try and use the defense that in the past, that's how I acted. Once you were the author 
of the changes. That should have made you aware your actions have to change. So there's too many unanswered questions that I fear will never get answered and that there was there was deals and promises made. And it's just it's very disheartening. I also want to know your your thoughts uh, going back to Tuesday. You had the governor resign, but for 45 minutes before that, you had his attorney being paid by the state of New York, um, kind of trying to refute all the claims of the AG report. I thought that was kind of weird since right after that, he decided to resign. Well, let, let's put that in the same category as Melissa DeRosa. Melissa DeRosa resigns, put this tremendous letter in, then all of a sudden she's back with the governor. Well, I'm going to wait now, okay? And what she's been putting out is all of this, we are great. We accomplish this. We accomplish this. This is all PR, and this is being driven, in my mind, by a PR firm. And I thought that lawyer was absolutely disgraced. She disgraced the women who came forward. She insulted them. She tried to minimize them and tried to have the public judge this based on her statements. I think she should be censured by the Bar Association. I think every single woman's group should go after her because she became a spokesman for cover-up. She became a spokesman to try and, on a PR basis, protect the, 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 what, was, what occurred. There was zero truth to what she said. And I'm absolutely upset at what I heard her say and what she has been saying right along. And like I said, there should be no women's group. There should be no female member of the legislature, both the Senate and the Assembly, that would tolerate this going forward and that would tolerate the shutdown um, of the investigation, which covered other areas. So, you know, the resignation... Part the investigation by the judiciary was not for resignation. The, the, it was to whether or not there was sufficient grounds to present articles of impeachment. It appears that somehow or along the line that somebody found out that there was there, and so they were hoping to come up with a way to stop it. And um, the whole process really and truly does not pass the smell test in my mind. And with all this going on, nine days from now, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul will take over as governor. Western New York's own, uh, what are your thoughts on the incoming governor? Well, I'm going to go back before I go to that. Until she takes her oath, I won't believe he's gone. Okay? And I don't know whether that was the 14 days to get the pressure off. Now, to answer your question, Kathy Hochul is the most qualified to step into that position. She has the background, she has the knowledge, she has the temperament to go forward. They keep pressuring her on the mask mandate. I think her first move is going to be to get rid of Zucker. Zucker was complicit in all of this, and she needs to have an advisor that will be someone she can rely on and she can believe in. At this point, I doubt anybody has any any. Um, Faith in Zucker coming forward with anything. Um, I think Kathy will do a phenomenal job, and I don't think Kathy will forget her roots. I don't think she'll forget her base, and I think she's smart enough and astute enough to be able to 
walk that line because between the threatening Democratic Socialist members of the Assembly who are threatening their own members with primaries on the floor of the Assembly, I really believe that she, she is strong enough to be able to withstand that. I think she will give some focus on Western New York, which is, always seems to be the ugly stepchild of New York City, and give Western New York its due. Um, so I have faith and a hope in, in Kathy Hochul being the leader, being open and transparent, to being someone who will not rule as an authoritarian, but rule with some sympathy, compassion, and ability to have people want to do their jobs because they believe in them, not want to do, not have to do their jobs out of fear of retaliation. Um, the other thing I would hope that Kathy does is looks at all the departments. The liquor authority is absolutely in shambles. To take people's money that are applying for a license, which will add to the tax base and employment, cash the checks and take six to nine months to get the license out and maybe take another four before that to give a temporary license is unconscionable. It stifles business. The Labor Department, they have to look into the software, the programs. They could not even administer unemployment. That I'm not blaming that on any of the leadership in those co committees or, or those uh, uh, departments. But what I'm saying is these are the things that need to be looked at. Let's look at the $2.1 billion for rent relief for landlords and tenants. Up until approximately four weeks ago, zero had been given out in New York. Every other state was almost at the max. Then in the first week after there was pressure, I think it was 200000 approximately. Now they say it's about a million. Where's the rest of the billion? Why can't they get a program? Why does it crash? Why are people not looking at what do we need to have this state go forward? We've been at a standstill for so long. I've had employees of different departments tell me they're so happy because they couldn't even, they could do zero without waiting for word from the second floor. And sometimes that took weeks and opportunities were missed. You have to trust the people you put in charge to do their job. You can't micromanage every little bit. And look at all the people during the delay between the report or the, the, the announcement of the report have jumped ship and are looking for other safe havens. Um, so when you put it all together, again, it does not pass the smell test. Assemblyman Angelo Morinello, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I appreciate that. I always under appreciate the opportunity. So you have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you, you too. That is Assemblymember Angelo Morinello on his reaction to what we're seeing in Albany. Uh, a lot of news coming out of Albany this week. Not only the resignation of Governor Cuomo, but as you heard uh, us talk extensively in the last segment here, um, the suspension of the investigation that the Assembly has been uh, looking into since March, uh, now suspended and uh, no telling 
if that will ever be started back up. Most likely it will not, as you heard the Assemblymen say. Um, so his reaction to everything in Albany. When we come back, we are talking to Len Linehan for his reaction, not only to Governor Cuomo uh, resigning, but to Kathy Hochul taking over and what he thinks this means for the Democrat Party, not only in the next election, 2021, uh, but the 2022 election. It is Hardline here on WBEN. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Continuing the conversation. By the way, anything breaks out of Afghanistan, we will keep you updated top and bottom of the hour. And again, whenever anything breaks, we will take you right there. We are continuing with reaction out of uh, the governor resigning and Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul taking over nine days from today. Let's bring on former Erie County Democrat Chairman Lynn Linehan. Lynn, good morning. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Let me ask you first, what was your reaction to the governor's resignation speech on Tuesday? Uh, frankly, I was thrilled. Um, it was definitely time for him to go and, and time for us to uh, have Kathy Hochul ascend to that office, something that she's been preparing for for a long time. And I just think she's going to be uh, just a tremendous governor for, for New York State. So we're, we're thrilled about this whole situation. As someone who has worked with Kathy Hochul, uh, what can you tell people of Western New York? I mean, obviously, we know Kathy. She's uh, you know been in uh, prominent positions around uh, Western New York. But what can you tell us about Kathy Hochul and what she brings to Albany? Well, basically, she's the consummate public servant, um, always prepared, uh, passionate about what she's doing and why she's doing it. She's in this business for the right reasons. And... Um, you know, your previous guest, Angela Morinello, said she is experienced, she's got the temperament, she's got the qualifications. I couldn't have said it any better than he did, and he's a Republican. So this is, uh, this is just a great thing for New York State. Obviously, uh, Cuomo, his, his time was up, and Kathy Hochul has spent the last six and a half years crisscrossing this state, um, learning every nuance of every problem that every municipality has, talking to village mayors, small-town mayors, big city mayors, supervisors, school officials, uh, business community, uh, chamber of commerce types. Um, I don't think we've ever, seriously, Joe, had a, a person who was better prepared to ascend to that high office and be ready to serve the people on the first day. Now, you know, uh, I, I talked to uh, Hamburg Supervisor Jim Shaw about this last hour. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a quick turnaround for the lieutenant governor because she is going to have a reelection. Uh, what would your advice be to her uh, about trying to get those downstate New York um, Democrat votes in 2022? Well, first, just to be herself, and, and that's she always is. She's going to be a contrast to Governor Cuomo the minute she steps in that office. Um, first, she's the first female governor. It's you know, the, the, the guys down there have had their turn, and, and now we're going to have the first female governor. And just her professional demeanor, the way she approaches problems, uh, the courteous way she handles people, she's not, you know, it's not about ego. It's about humility. She's kind, compassionate, but tough. And um, she's going to treat everybody the same. She's not going to treat downstate and upstate differently. She's going to work with the entire uh, legislative apparatus uh, that she's come to know since she's been lieutenant governor for almost seven years. And um, that experience and those contacts, those day-to-day relationships that she has really fostered over, you know, 
first her whole career, but certainly as in state government the last six and a half years, um, all of those things are going to pretend well for her ability to put forth an agenda to deal with the, the pandemic, to deal with the economy, to deal with the, the federal funds, the stimulus funds that are targeted to New York that need to be spent wisely. Um, Kathy is just in the perfect position to execute um, just a, a positive plan for the future of New York State uh, with, you know, really concern for the everyday citizen who doesn't have a lobbyist in Albany, doesn't have a powerful friend that he can call or she can call. Um, she's going to serve everyday New Yorkers, and she's going to do it well. You know, uh, the Assemblyman uh, Angelo Morinello saying good things about Kathy Hochul probably answers this question. Uh, but it seems and we know this from when she ran uh, when she was in Congress here in uh, in this district, that she can work across the aisle. She can work with members of the other party, something I'm not sure you can say so much uh, about the outgoing governor. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I've kept, worked with Kathy in the county government um, as the county clerk. And, of course, I was chairman when she became the, the congressperson from the 26th district in that very red Republican district. And her, the hallmark of Kathy is, is uh, empathy, cooperation, collaboration. Let's work together to get things done. And one thing about Kathy, if somebody disagrees with her on some issue, she's not going to dismiss that person for the rest of their lives. She's going to... You know, on the next issue, can we get together on this one? Can we work this out? She is the consummate uh, government professional who's really in it to get things done for the public. This is not an ego trip. This is, a, this is what she's been waiting for her whole life, an opportunity to bring forth all the accumulated experience, knowledge, education, contacts, and put them to work for the people of New York. And we're going to see that happen real soon. Now, I've got to ask you the fallout of Governor Cuomo. So he is resigning. It's obviously been all over national press. Do you think this is going to be an issue for Democrats in local local elections this November and midterm elections uh, next November? Well, you know, I think it's going to be perhaps in the initial days because Cuomo was governor for 10 years. He really dominated the apparatus uh, and the levers of power for so long. But the, I really feel from day one when Kathy steps in that office, um, all of a sudden people are going to say, wait a minute, this is something new. This is a different approach. This is a new day. This is a new opportunity to move this state forward. And I think people are going to let go of the Cuomo thing. You know, I mean, I think the Republicans, obviously, for partisan reasons, will want to hold on and, and, and hit that as long as they can. But the fact of the matter is, they're going to have a new governor, a governor from upstate New York, who's going to really be working with the leadership of both parties, Democrat and Republican, to move the state forward. I think the contrast in her style, her temperament, her, her willingness to go to great lengths to, to achieve uh, uh, positive outcomes and goals, I think that's going to really contrast with the style and the temperament of the former governor, who was, you know, let's face it, dominating um, oftentimes egotistical, um, and and I just think there's going to be such a contrast that we're going to see um, people gravitating towards Kathy's leadership, toward her genuine um, concern about people, and um, I just think that the focus is going to turn very quickly once the spotlight hits Kathy. The spotlight is going to be on her agenda. What does she want to accomplish for New York State? and how she leads, and leadership is going to be at the core of what she provides.
Lynn, I have to ask, you know, uh, over the last few years, we've seen, I think, both political parties nationally move, you know, kind of more to their uh, ends, the right and the left. Uh, what do you think of how the Democrat Party is heading, the direction they're heading on a national level? We don't. I think Kathy Hochul is a Joe Biden Democrat. In other words, she first likes government. She she, she likes working with the other side. Um, and she's not. I mean, she will certainly deal with the progressives. She's, she's got a very, you know, a lot of the policies that Cuomo had were good policies. And, that, and Kathy supported those wholeheartedly. Didn't, certainly didn't support um, his style or his, frankly, his behavior. But he certainly, uh, certainly Cuomo had the right policies in terms of wanting to get child care for people, wanting to get pre-K for people, paid family leave. Kathy has an agenda that she's been fighting for for a long time. I think she's in a better spot to achieve the end goals of the average Democrat in New York State much more uh, successfully than, than Cuomo was. But I think um, in terms of her political tone, she's a, again, I would call her a Joe Biden Democrat, who right now has 90 percent approval rating from, from his fellow Democrats. And um, she's certainly going to deal with all elements. Keep in mind, the Democratic Party, by its very nature, is a party of many, many different uh, diverse factions. And that's the reality of our party. The Republicans don't have that. They basically, you know, basically have a very uh, – an agenda comprised of very simple uh, – a simple agenda where the, the Democratic Party is comprised of a diverse uh, group of people that want to – you know, want to benefit the average citizen. Sometimes it's tough to get there, but Kathy Hochul is in the best position, like Biden is at the national level. She's in the best position to get that done for the state of New York. Do you think uh, Governor Cuomo will make another attempt at public office in four years? I really don't. I think he had his chance. Uh, unfortunately, it, it ended uh, for him and end the entire state in a very uh, unfortunate and negative way. And I, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, first, it's always tough to get a fourth term. He had three terms. His father had three terms and then was defeated for the fourth. It's a tough um, objective to try to win four terms for any executive office, be it governor or any other office. Um, But, no, I don't expect to see him back anytime soon. And certainly um, he's going to be nursing his wounds. Um, There's no doubt that, you know, he, he... you know, being governor was what kept is, is why he existed. It's what kept him uh, breathing every day. It was his oxygen. But again, we're going to have a a, a toned down, uh, more calm uh, every day. Um, I mean, New York State government. Let's not be. Let's not kid ourselves. New York State government is tough. It's it's a big state. It's a diverse state. It's tough to govern. But Kathy is the person that can do that, and she's been waiting her whole life to do it. And this is the opportunity that has presented itself, and I think she's fully capable of taking advantage of the moment to benefit the, the people of, of the state. Before, uh, before our time is up, I do want to focus, I uh, do have one question about the city of Buffalo, that mayor race we are seeing, the write-in campaign uh, from Mayor Byron Brown. Uh, how do you think that is going to uh, turn out in November? I think it's going to be a tough race. I think, um, I think you know, write-ins certainly have not happened a lot, but it's not impossible uh, to do. At the same time, the mayor's, again, he's had four terms, trying to get his fifth term. Again, just 
that's hard to do. So I think it's going to be a close race. I think the debate that's coming up in September is going to be something that, you know, probably uh, 90% of Buffalo is going to watch um, because it's the first time we're going to be able to see these two. You know, they didn't have a debate during the primary, so they're going to have a debate during the um, uh, during the general election in September, and I think that's going to go a long way toward determining. You know, people have not had a chance to see India Walton. They don't know her position on a lot of issues. They don't know her temperament, her style. She's going to get that opportunity. On the other hand, Mayor Brown is probably known by 99.9% of all Buffalonians. They know him. Uh, they voted for him before. However, he's going to be on a right in line. But writing in is not that difficult to do. So let me say this. It, it, the way I see it right now is sort of a political handicapper. It could go either way. But I think a lot reads, rides on the debate that's going to be in mid-September uh, and uh, and there may be more after that. There may be more debates after that. So, you know, keep in mind, the primary was at the end of June. This is the dog days of summer. Right after Labor Day, the next morning, this, that campaign will take off, and we're going to see a lot from both sides. Let me ask you, say Byron, uh, Mayor Byron Brown does win, he's announced the winner, um, would India Walton have any kind of uh, lawsuits or something, to a way to challenge those write-in votes? Um, well, first, I think any the, the Board of Elections, uh, both locally and statewide, uh, certainly have a lot of levers to look at in terms of making sure that the vote count is done properly and legally. And I have no doubt you know, we've got a great local Board of direction, uh, Elections on both sides, and we also have, a, you know, I think, a top-flight State Board of Elections as well. So I'm fully confident that that election is going to be carried out uh, fairly and honestly, and I don't anticipate any, um, you know, nefarious activity. Lynn Linehan, always great catching up. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Hey, Joe, really enjoyed it. Enjoy the day. Take care. Thank you. You too. That is former Erie County Democrat Chair Lynn Linehan talking about Kathy Hochul and what she will face when she gets to Albany, as well as a few comments on what we are seeing in the city of Buffalo, the mayoral race um, that is heating back up. As he said, you know, we've been in summer and this summer a lot different than uh, most summers because a lot of people catching up on things they weren't able to do last summer, uh, getting in those plans they may have had last summer. And this year, I mean, as we've talked about on BMAS and Beamer, I mean, it seems like Brian has something every weekend. You know, it's it's either a wedding that was supposed to be this year or a wedding that was supposed to be last year, you know, all mixed uh, mixed up this summer. So a busy summer for a lot of people. But once we get into September, uh, like Lynn said, I think we'll be right back focusing in on the mayor of Buffalo race, which uh, we saw a poll this week saying that Byron Brown is up 10, but you have to remember that was a poll where you had a selection of Indy Welton and Mayor Byron Brown. In When you get to the poll in November, Mayor Byron Brown will not be on that ballot. You will have to write that in. And I, I do think that factors in a little bit, so it'll be very interesting to uh, see what happens in November here in the city of Buffalo. Before we get out of here, I have about three minutes. I wanted to play a few minutes of Kathy Hochul's interview with Jake Tapper on CNN this morning. She was on a show called State of the Union. It's a CNN show. Uh, with Jake Tapper, she had some comments, and I wanted to play her first few uh, her first few answers here to follow up on what we've heard all morning about uh, incoming Governor Kathy Hochul. So here she was just a few hours ago on CNN. The soon-to-be governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, 
Uh, Madam soon-to-be governor, thanks for joining us. Uh, I want to talk to you about New York politics in general. Uh, for those who don't know your story and your history, you won a House seat after a Republican congressman resigned during a sex scandal. You lost that House seat to a congressman uh, who was later indicted. You'll now be governor after Elliot Spitzer, a Democrat, resigned over a prostitution scandal. Democrat David Patterson pulled out of his race after he was accused of inter intervening in a, an AIDS domestic abuse case. And now, of course, Democrat Andrew Cuomo has resigned. So first question, what the hell's going on in New York? A and can you promise New Yorkers that you will end this legacy of sleaze? It won't be difficult for me. Everyone who's known my career over 27 years of elective office know that I have very high ethical standards. And I will go in there and literally say it's a whole new day. Zero tolerance. I'm going to be very firm in my expectations on how my administration conducts themselves uh, throughout the entire workforce. But also, I want people to know, particularly young women, like I was once a young intern working in Buffalo in Democratic politics, I want them to know that this is a place they're welcome. They'll feel safe. They'll know that their ideas are valued. So I don't think it's going to take a lot for that tone to change on day one. And I'm excited about that. Well, while you bring that up, I want to ask you that I heard from uh, a Democratic official, a, a young woman, um, which is about you. And why did you stay silent for so long, she wanted me to ask you, about Governor Cuomo's alleged abuses and scandals. Um, wh what do you say to, to women who might be thinking that? Well, the people who know me know that I've not been close to the governor. I've not been in the rooms where any of these actions are occurred. And my role as lieutenant governor for seven years has really been to spend as little time in Albany as possible, except when I'm presiding over the Senate. I have reached every corner of the state. I've met thousands and thousands of people. I've championed policies from paid family leave to increasing the minimum wage to child care, economic development. I'm in charge of economic development for the state. So I'm not in the room. So if you don't know something, you can't talk about it. But what we've seen in this report, and I called for this investigation, I have called the findings absolutely repulsive and unlawful. So my, my position is unwavering in my tolerance for the future workforce, which is what I'm responsible for, that this will not occur. One last question on Cuomo. He did an interview with New York Magazine on Friday, and here's part of what he said, quote, I did the right thing for the state. I'm not going to drag the state through the mud through a three-month, four-month impeachment and then win and have made the state legislature and the state government look like a ship of fools. Cuomo goes on to say, quote, I'm not disappearing. I have a voice. I have a perspective. That's not going to change. He also has millions of dollars in the bank for his campaign reelection. He seems to be painting himself as righteous, as a victim, preparing to remain in public life, um, which seems to be possible in part because state lawmakers in Albany have halted the impeachment proceedings. What do you make of those comments? And are you OK with Andrew Cuomo sticking around in New York politics? The governor will do what he chooses to do. I'll be laser focused on dealing with COVID, getting our economy back, getting kids back in schools, and dealing with a whole host of other challenges that I'm prepared for. I am ready for this. I'm ready to lead. And what happens off to the side, I won't have control over, but it will not distract me. That is Kathy Hochul on CNN earlier. I'm sure we will have more uh, clips from that interview tomorrow here on WBEN. I want to thank Congressman Brian Higgins, Hamburg Supervisor Jim Shaw, Assemblyman 
Angelo Morinello and Lynn Linehan for joining me this morning. Again, Hardline will be taking next week off, but I promise we will have a packed show for you the following Sunday. Thank you so much for spending some of your morning with me. Meet the Press is next. We will be back here tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock, starting with a new morning. Then at 9, BMAS and Beamer. 10 o'clock, David Bellavia. 2 o'clock, Tom Barley. And... All the news you need to wrap up your day at 6 o'clock with Buffalo's Evening News with Tom Puckett. We will see you then here on News Radio 930 WBEN. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.